0: You're listening to Between Two Consultants, Logic 2020's original business and technology podcast.
1: I'm Nick Kelly. And I'm Ethan Silvers. We're two consultants who talk to super smart people about the latest trends in technology and business.
0: On this episode, we're going to be talking about change management. So it's going to be a fun session. I end up using this stuff all the time. Ethan, um, in an analytics perspective, going to be very keen to hear what it is, in detail uh, for the broader, broader application for the folks joining us on uh, this episode. So looking forward to getting
1: started. So on that note, what is change management? The shorthand for what is change management, it is a way, a practice of getting people in an organization to embrace change. The bi- <laughs> We're going to have to... Do you guys hear that in the background (laughs) (laughs) excuse me for a moment while i lock my cats out (laughs) change management is the practice of getting people to embrace change the basic idea is that people don't like change i don't know if folks have ever watched the show uh what is it called house md or house or whatever it is and like his i think it's (sighs) Uh, I think it was Hugh Laurie was the actor, but he frequently said people don't change. Well, this is more along the lines of people don't like to change; they fear it. What is what is a change going to do to my job? Am I going to be less safe? Could I lose my job? Am I going to be doing something very different? And also, like, how many times do people, do you, whoever is watching this, all you know, two hundred and seventy-eight thousand of you who are watching this, uh, you know, like it's 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 just hard to remember what to do when something new comes into your life we get into like a, a rote position of just like continuing to do the same thing and this is the idea how do we get people to embrace it and to actually do it love it when would you actually use change ethan I, for me
0: i recall one time where i was speaking at a conference and halfway through this session i noticed after the lunchtime that the trash bags were not where they were originally and it bothered me so much that I had to actually go out and find out what happened. Why were they moved? What was going on? And just that tiny little shift in my environment caused me issues. So when would you be looking for uh, the various triggers out there to use a chimney management approach?
1: Yeah, it's really good. So I think that, uh, you know, so, it's a really good example of the trash. Um, and, and that's why in my house, I never let my kids move anything anywhere because it just totally throws me for a loop. Uh, We have a very, very sterile house. Um, And so when does one use change management? We use it when there is something is new, a new process, a new technology, a new business model. It could be something we're changing our values. It could be with the sales team. Hey, we're changing who we are approaching and how we are approaching them. We're changing our sales targets one of the biggest ones would be when there's an when there's M&A, a merger and acquisition and like things are changing dramatically. So whenever those sorts of things are happening, that's when folks would think, "Ah, I really need some change management here." So isn't change management, at least at least this was my
0: perspective and I know for a lot of people this is it, but would you consider
1: change management a good communications plan? <sighs> You know, Nick, that reminds me of a word that my grandfather used to say, hogwash. (laughs) Courtney, I bet that your grandparents, did they have a, a similar word that they would use?
0: Not quite hogwash. We're going with poppycock on this one.
1: Yeah, either way, hogwash or poppycock. So yes, communications is certainly a piece, a very important piece of change management but you need to do all the work beforehand to actually put together a quality change management plan and a quality communications plan. Without that, you're sort of shooting in the dark. Um, other things that I would classify under hogwash or Courtney poppycock would be that, well, we're doing training. That's it's like, well, that's great training. That's great that you're doing training. It's necessary and it's certainly an, a valuable piece of change management, but it is not a substitute for change management. So that's
0: great, Ethan, I definitely fell into that one um, early in my career. Of course, at this stage of my career, I have perfect clarity on absolutely every methodology out there. Um, Mm -hmm. For those people that don't, what are some of the the best practices that you would look to apply or, or look to see in a change management approach?
1: Yeah, so first I would start with defining what are your goals. And the goals in terms of both like the project that you're engaging in, um, what is the process that you're changing, um, why are you changing it? And and you need to know, and the reason why you need to know all of that is uh, how are you going to actually create change and get people to embrace it if you don't actually know what the goal of the project is. The second thing is be honest and transparent, talk with people about what's going on, why it's going on, how it's going to impact them. You need to train the teams on what they need to do and how they need to do it. And you need to over-communicate. Tell people again and again and again, this is why, this is how, this is the benefit. Be honest, like this is the downside to what you're doing, right? Like it's not all gonna be great. There's gonna be some things that aren't wonderful about it, but we really need you to engage in this. The other thing which is often forgotten is listen, have people tell you like what the issues are um the other is definitely have leadership on board the other is that communications like figure out what is the right way to communicate with folks both uh specifically and generically is it are people going to respond better to email or videos i highly recommend webinars Mm -hmm. you know like there's there's two (laughs) there's two consultants who you know with our uh with our what is it now 1.7 million followers it's just we find it very effective um and then make sure to empower and include employees. So Ethan, I didn't really catch
0: anything you said there. Um, right. And so like, I think the gist of it was it's it's basically just have a good communications plan. So for, uh, Like you know, thanks for sharing that. Um, <laughs> start somewhere. You need it's always a, a kind of crutch, a help to start with some sort of tooling, some yeah. sort of structured way for you to apply the methodology. Are there any tools out there that you would
1: recommend? Yeah, there's a few. Um, So one of the tools that I I think it's absolutely necessary is doing a a stakeholder map, which is really short for stakeholder analysis. And this is understanding who is going to be impacted by it and what their level of resistance will be to it. Um, And then it's, it's using that to make your plan and it can be something like hey this person is really going to be an obstacle in us succeeding how do we or this team is going to be an obstacle right and so if you don't put together that analysis use that if you don't put together that analysis and that that map it'll you'll be surprised um and you won't have accounted for things that will be problematic for a successful rollout um there's go ahead just to jump in there on that
0: I'm assuming there, you know, there are a set of methodologies that you can use to uh, that would be applied, or that some of these tools, you know, leverage.
1: Yeah, there are methodologies, and we'll we'll get into those. Uh, you know, there's Cotter, there's Asker, there's Lewin's. Those are three of the mo- more popular ones. Um, and you know, I think that we can get bogged down a little bit. You know, so there there's some change management people who sort of geek out on this stuff. Um, let's call them geeks. And uh, bless their heart, they're lovely. Um, and they definitely bring value. But just like get, you know, like there's ways to simplify it. and you know, just using a stakeholder, uh, a map as a way to get it started. and like there's some best practices that we can do for that. Um, there's also a force field analysis, which is a decision making tool um, and helps you identify and analyze forces for and against change. Um, and then you use that to define your plan. And so that's that's really, it's, it's really a nice way of doing it. Then there's culture map. Yes, yes, Nick, I feel like you you have an input there. Yeah, it's uh, really valuable.
0: Um, I, I was just recalling like the first time I tried to do any kind of change and I didn't know it was change. Yeah. Um, but that, while you were talking there about the, um, just making an assessment of like, what are those change gaps out there where it is going to cause friction. And even if that's as far as you take it, just yes awareness of it, right? Like just just that, even just thinking about the impact of change is already a good start.
1: A hundred percent agree. Yeah. And then it's funny, you have to embrace that people need to embrace change. And the, and the longevity, right? The, the
0: impact to the culture, to the team, uh, the impact to attrition, uh, you know, all those things
1: are going to be factors, right? It's a great point. And that's when you get the them versus us mentality of they Made us do this. They told us to do that, and then you're like, who? Who is they? Who is they that's doing it? And then it's the organization versus the people, rather than it being more of a collaborative and you know a feeling of, okay, I understand why we're doing this and the value of it. Well, since we're talking about the some of those areas of friction, like what you know, let's say someone looks at this
0: and says, okay, you know, the first thing they say is like, this is a phenomenal video and, and series. Yeah, and then yep. the second thing they're probably going to come up with is, okay, I want to start this. I want to apply a little bit of change management here. What are some of the challenges they can expect to encounter? You know, and maybe
1: some some ways that they can um, mediate those challenges. Yeah, and Nick, have you have you recognized that people are no longer calling it challenges or weaknesses? People now call it opportunities for improvement. That's great, isn't it? It's it's a great way to to give it a little bit of spin and make it a little bit positive. It's awesome. I, I don't have any weaknesses anymore. I just have uh, areas that I can improve on. It's lovely. I wish my wife would understand that. So <laughs> for, uh, for challenges, the number one challenge that you have to, like this will fail unless you get leadership on board. Uh, leadership needs to understand the value of this and that they are bought in and that they support it and you need and then leverage that support. The other is around focus. Uh, and I'm just going to mention a few. You, you have to stay focused on... on on actually doing the change management and implementing it and bringing people along for the ride, it's easy to get bogged down like you're in a technology project. Okay, great, let's get this launched. We're running late, hurry up, we need to do this. We need to gather requirements, right? Things start to fall off and lose focus. This is one of the things that I would recommend not losing focus on. Then, when whatever you're changing is launched, that's not the end of change management. And and Nick, you you mentioned this before. Um, You don't just stop because you've launched it. Just like after you launch a technology project, you don't just stop, you have bugs and you need to fix those bugs. So after you launch it, you need to continue with the change management effort, continue to get people's buy-in and continue to remind people about what they need to be doing and why it's beneficial for them to do it. Yeah, Ethan, I, you know, I think
0: um, where that really made an impact for me was in analytics projects and and I'm working in data where there's a remarkable lack of change awareness and Mm -hmm. when I first started that it was like you know you just go build a dashboard and and you're good to go you know it's like the field of dreams example where build it and they'll come and it's you know it's going to be great and you know hey what let's throw in a bit of training right and there change management done and dusted and of course that doesn't work and and you have to take the long-term perspective like okay we're going to release one Let's say we're releasing a dashboard, we're releasing a report. If it's really truly effective, it's gonna impact the organization.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we have to have a change plan around that. And like you said, it doesn't end. It's a journey. I think the you know, one thing I would leave the audience with is plan for this is, this is gonna take a little time. It's not a, I'm gonna do this thing for a few days and hey, look, we're, we're good to go. And it, we're talking months, we're talking years. If you want to have true organizational change, it really takes time. Um, And, you know, so Ethan, you know, what's what's a realistic time span that you've seen, you know, to to impact an organization? What kind of change program
1: duration are we talking about? Yeah, um, you know, it it certainly has to. So if it's a technology change, it certainly has to last for as long as that technology project is going on. So through the bugs. And then, you know, I see it as more of a, a tapering off. Um, And so it's not like you just like end it right away. Um, You know, you sort of gradually um, reduce the amount of contacts um, and and the amount of reach outs. And so the longer the project, you know, if this is like a two year ERP implementation, then, you know, you got to start change management. You you don't necessarily have to start it right away at the start of the project, uh, but you really have to ramp it up like no less than um, you know for a two-year project maybe you know at least six months um, before the launch happens and then for you know several months after that to make because it's such a big change people really have to like make sure that they're using it um, and otherwise you'll get and just maybe this will be the last example of where you know not using change management really created a failure um, it was early in my career and um, uh, I was working with a group of folks and it was at a bank and they implemented a new technology. And the, you know, several months after the technology uh, was implemented, the technology was intended for many reasons, but one of the reasons was to actually uh, create uh, efficiencies so things to go faster. After the project um, had launched, things were slowing down a lot and it was really unclear what was happening. And so then they decided to do an assessment. And the assessment, they went to the folks on the floor who needed to do this. And they said, hey, what what are you doing? And they said, hey, you know, we got this new process and we've nailed it. We're doing the new process. And guess what? We're doing even better than that because we know that everything needs to be paper-based because that's what's been drilled into us for the last 17 years. So we're also still doing that paper-based process because we don't want to lose that information because we know how important that is to the bank. So what you have is people basically doing two jobs, working fourteen hours a day, because they thought they were they they were doing what they thought was the right thing to do, and it was because change management didn't go far enough. Yeah, I I find that to be um,
0: not a very good story compared to a lot of the stories I have. Either. So <laughs> I I think we might do an episode on storytelling. Just uh, pay a lot of attention.
1: To that session. So- I I have, I have so much to learn from you, Nick. I'm I'm really like. Look- I mean, that's really the value of uh, between two consultants is uh, the storytelling that I gain from Nick. And I, I really, honestly, what I do is I take those stories and I share them with my children every night. Uh, the ones that are locked in the cupboard. The, <laughs> that's right. And the best thing about those stories is I share them and it puts my wife right to sleep.
0: <laughs> I love it. Ethan, <laughs>
1: thanks so much,
0: everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of between two consultants. And next time on episode 5,894, we're going to talk about storytelling. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Logic 2020's Between Two Consultants. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe so you can get each episode delivered directly to your favorite podcast app.
1: To learn more, visit our website at logic2020.com. You can also find us, Nicholas Kelly and Ethan Silvers on LinkedIn, so give us a follow. See you next time.